You're listening to Yellow Peril Tactical, the Tiger Block Podcast. So, uh, hey, this is uh, John Chinaman. Welcome to the uh, Yellow Apparel Tactical Podcast, and I'm here with uh, Kafa. Say hi, Kafa. Hi, everyone. Kafa, are you, is it possible to say where you are or no? I am uh, at the base. Um, as a matter of fact, just in the middle of nowhere, um, fighting mosquitoes. Usual infantry stuff uh, going on, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, and and uh, just just for everyone out there, we're recording this because the internet is trash. I'm literally holding up a microphone to a uh, a cell phone with uh, Kafa on the other end. You know, Kafa has kindly agreed to appear with us today. But go ahead, Kafa. Just you know, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah. Hey, uh, my name is uh, Clementine. My call sign is Kafa. I am. Uh, a drone pilot in Ukrainian army in 93rd motorized infantry brigade and uh, I am uh, well I'm tired first of all second of all um, I use uh, they them and uh, she her pronouns I am 22 years old and I came here to serve in infantry from Germany, which makes the story a bit spicy. <laughs> I'm also an open uh, non-binary person, a queer disaster, and a commander's <laughs> nightmare. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I myself am a I'm very autistic individual, and uh, it's hard to make me shut up. So people around me um, come up with very interesting uh, solutions, and none of them work uh, because I am, I don't know, I speak uh, quite a few languages, so that means <laughs> that they can go fuck themselves on all of them. Yeah, sorry, I am very tired, and today I got um, told off for a Ron, Ron collar on the fucking shirt. So I'm a bit annoyed, but it's fine. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the infantry for you, I guess. Getting told off for uh, yeah, I mean Ron this Collars. is army, you know. So what was I expecting? I don't know. Some adult shit, not this <laughs> kindergarten. Um, I mean, it's all very kinky. And people that don't see it just uh, fool themselves. I also have to add. Anyhow, let, let's roll with the questions. Let's roll with it. Mm. So, I mean, I, you know, you're not new to, uh, you know, before the war started. I mean, you aren't new to political activism. I mean, would you, would you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, it all started in Crimea. So I am from Crimea. I was born in Crimea in uh, free Ukraine in uh, 2000s. And um, growing up there was... Um, fine and nice and free because i mean it's like a nowhere land uh, everyone can swim in the sea naked uh, uh, i don't know people drive uh, off-road uh, trucks everywhere no one gives a shit like uh, hippie paradise basically and um, then in 2014 uh, russians occupied it and uh, the fun has ended and the queer Paradise also have ended. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's how, uh, as a matter of fact, I realized that, well, a few things. Um, I am queer, and uh, it's uh, not something welcomed 
by the occupying regime. And uh, I have to get out of there. Uh, and uh, secondly, and most importantly, uh, if I hide, if everyone hides, then it brings nothing. It's just silence. It's no no information given, so none taken. And the adults at the time, I mean, I was a teenager at the time, one can calculate. The adults did not do shit. I mean, I come from a family of civilian people, none of not in a line of my parents, except of my grandparents who were um, partisans. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit different. Um, yeah, they, they were not not capable of doing no resistance. So I was like, yeah, well, maybe I can do something. Then later uh, in Kiev, when we moved, I started... Uh, going out on demonstrations, uh, planning shit, building communities, uh, building friendship around people who were or considered themselves anarchists. And uh, so it went. Uh, this uh, connections uh, actually and this people, I keep close to my heart until this day. And most of them serve in the army also. Well, what, uh, what, before yeah. the before the war, I mean, you mentioned that you know Crimea. I think you said it was a queer paradise, a hippie paradise. Um, yeah. Like so, what, what, what was the situation like for for queer people or LGBTQ people in Ukraine? Uh, you know, before the invasion. Uh, before the invasion, two thousand fourteen or two thousand twenty two. Both, if you're willing to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, um, retrospectively, in 2000, uh, before 2014, uh, I can't talk about Kiev or central regions, but I can talk about Crimea. It, historically, it was a place where people go um, when they are, you know, not one of a kind. Uh, no, um, one of a kind, basically. <laughs> like, uh, it was... Uh, I mean, historically, it's, it's like you an out, you an outlaw, you know, yeah, living yeah, on the yeah, margins of society, kind of, yeah, yeah. going to Crimea. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, then there was, uh, I mean, I don't really know where to start even. I had my own uh, kind of uh, crappy, shitty story with um, uh, Ukrainian uh, far-right uh, before I immigrated to Germany, uh, which was connected to a lot of other bullshit from the university and a sexual harassment case from a professor in mentioned university. Oh, God. But it's all very, very... Um, so long, I'd say. Um, that's also why I did not fi finish graduate from the university, <laughs> which does not come handy right now, <laughs> because I remain a fucking soldier. If I would, I would be an officer, and no people could, you know, brush shit up my forehead. And now it's... <laughs> Absolutely not that. Yeah, you'd be Anyhow, the person brushing shit on other people's foreheads, you know. It's good, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just bullshit. Like, hierarchies here really are a pain in the ass. But on, on the other hand, uh, uh, on the bright side of the street, no one fights like anarchists do. I mm, have worked with a bunch of people who, who are, and they know what <laughs> what they are fighting for because who does russia put in a in a cell first people who are journalists have a political background uh, queer people teachers uh, musicians someone who can think uh, you know a little bit uh, a little smart, uh, wears glasses, so yeah, this one dies first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Since you, know, you were living in Germany, right? So you came back mm -hmm. uh, to fight. You know, what made you want to you know, come back? 
what makes me want to come back? A bunch of reasons. First of all, German bureaucracy is hell. Second of all, um, I really miss home and I really fucking hate Russians. And uh, yeah, uh, Germans, uh, when I was living there, were really um, very peacemongering. Like uh, uh, piss as piss and peace as peace you know uh, <laughs> like no be friends with russia war is bad and i was i mean numerous situations on a language course in a bar just with the random people that think that i appreciate their opinion or whatever um, saying that to me a person that fucking fled from Russian occupation and uh, I mean a bunch of my friends died <laughs> died there a bunch of my friends <laughs> at the moment when, where, when these conversations were going on were arrested by Russian regime uh, some of them got captured at war and some of them while we are talking now are still remaining in Russian prison for being Ukrainian, for being political activists, for having ideas that they don't like. So, I mean, for political reasons. And that's no fun. And then a fucking random German tells me I have to <laughs> be friends with Russian state. No, everything Russia brought to me personally and to Ukrainian people as a whole is suffering, death, murder, blood. Yeah, and I that's mean, what they're gonna get. That's what they're getting. There is no better fucking feeling than seeing a jelly-like Russian soldier, full HD. Oh shit! Well, I mean, salute to that. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, at Yellow Para, like, we, we don't consider ourselves, we're not practice, we're not practitioners of nonviolence, right? Like, I mean, our whole thing is self-defense. Mm -hmm. Why should we, why should we or anyone else insist that other people, you know, not do their own self-defense in the way that they see fit, you know, so. Yeah, um, that's also a good point that you brought up, that um, this whole uh, war um, as a, international conflict is a situation where Ukraine uh, is defending itself and where people of Ukraine are defending themselves from uh, the state and a bunch of people and the army that uh, attacked them. And uh, yeah, this is just, uh, I don't know, pra radical anarchist uh, practice to serve in the army for the ideas that one believes in. I mean, yeah, soldier, uh, by all these books uh, that uh, people in the army preach, uh, <laughs> a soldier uh, has to remain unpolitical. But I don't know. Uh, Simona de Beauvoir said that personal is political. Everything is political. Army is also political. I mean, I think she's right, and uh, I think she's right in that. I mean, I mean, when you when you enlisted, right, and you said, you know, the soldier has to be non-political. You know, as someone who is, as you know, like you said, the personal is political. As someone who is openly, you know, non-binary and who's been involved in political activism for many years, were there any issues that you encountered attempting to join the military? I mean, I don't really uh, go around to people, approach them and tell, you know, I am non-binary because <laughs> I'm, it's just a matter of uh, um, personal uh, personal story and uh, most of people don't know what the fuck that is. But what was present is that people were questioning my motivation a lot like you are so young and as they also perceive me as a woman they were like uh yeah what are you doing here uh unmarried 
in Ukraine. Well, they don't know that I'm married in Germany. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to everyone out there who uh, is looking to slide into Kafka's DMs. Uh, they were questioning my motivation in terms of not really getting it. When the war started, I was a teenager. And now, uh, when I got the news on the 23rd of February that it's more massive now, and, uh, well, I am not a teenager anymore, there was no real choice i just packed my shit and (laughs) i started training and then later i came to ukraine uh, joined the drone operator course got a certificate and there i was in january riding to bakhmut that's it yeah i mean it is it is honestly like a pretty crazy story and we've you know been following along Like you said, you don't go up to someone who says, hey, I'm non-binary. Um, do you mm-hmm. see, when coming out from someone in the United States, right? Like we've seen a lot of, uh, in our own country, attacks on people who are queer, attacks on people who are trans, um, anyone who's gender non-conforming. And I, mm-hmm. we also know that there is a right-wing presence in Ukraine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you've encountered as a difficulty uh, when serving? Not really. I mean, I had to explain a couple of times that, uh, I don't know, saying faggot is actually not so nice, but I mean, I am proudly a faggot, so (laughs) I don't know what else to add to that. Uh, (laughs) Like, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of educational care work that has to be done and um, I honestly, um, people have uh, different opinions and people have come from different kind of backgrounds, let's say. And uh, now we have a bigger enemy to fight against. Uh, people that helped me, people that I worked with, some of them were well, right-wing, or came from the right-wing background, uh, from the Revolution of Dignity, where they were also, and uh, they had no problem with me being queer, or with me covering them (laughs) from the back, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Because in the end of the day, if, well... It's not going to happen, but let's say imaginary, imaginary trick. If Russians come, they kill us all, regardless yeah. if we are left-wing, right-wing, faggot-looking, or Viking-looking, <laughs> white, white power shit. They just going to shoot everyone in the back of the head, and that's going to be good night for everyone. So to the topic of being non-binary in the army or being queer in general in the military. Of course, it is hard, but no one cares much. Everyone is a soldier in the army and uh, everyone is equal, regardless of what's written in the passport. Also, in the military ticket, it's not the gender of the person Uh, that it belongs to is not written, it's just a name, a surname, and whatever numbers. So everyone's a soldier. And uh, I actually find comfort in that thought because uh, it is as simple as uh, calling one their call sign the way that person presents to you like I don't know serpent when one (laughs) tells you to call one that then that's it and you don't double check it's the same with uh, with gender here and people get it some educational work was made uh, (laughs) by me to others 
and uh, I think they received it well. When one does the job, then people don't ask too many questions. Speaking of your uh, speaking of your call sign, Kafa, is that do you take your call sign from the place in Crimea? Yes, correct. Kafa for Feodosia. Awesome. And uh, oh, and for everyone out there, Feodosia is 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 is, is it, it used to be called Kafa. Uh, it was it's yeah, over there. Feodosia used to be called Kafa. It's a Turkic uh, word. Uh, in Crimean, in Kirimli uh, language, it would be Kafe. But uh, unfortunately, not everyone was able to receive that, <laughs> so it got simplified. Uh, um, yeah, I don't take pride in that, but yeah, Kafa it is. So then people logically can think uh, where I'm from, you know, so they don't uh, bother with questioning my persona. And, you know... It's funny that other people have asked you about being a woman in the Ukrainian military when, I mean, I think the first podcast we ever had, I mean, it was Solidarity Collectives, but there was also a uh, one of the combat medics on there, and she was a woman, and she talked all about, like, the role of women, you know, women who've been fighting, women who've been serving in combat. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be something that's uncommon, honestly. That's very, very common, but that's very un unseen. It's a lot of unseen work that women or people assigned female at birth or identifying as women, trans people also do a lot of work that remains unseen. Uh, classical story, uh, care work, and uh, uh, it's honestly very upsetting because it is very important. Um, the unit that I was uh, serving with uh, consisted uh, approximately of uh, 40% women, uh, some of them on leading, commanding uh, positions. And uh, yeah, no one fights like a woman does. You know, it's funny that you talk about women doing the unseen work, whereas most of the things that we see in the media here in the United States is all this drone footage, right? And it could be you operating that. It could be any other... You know, yeah, definitely. It could be operating one of those, you know? Here is a biological fact for, for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to be operating the gender-neutral terms, assigned male at birth and assigned female at birth. Uh, so, the following. Uh, so, a bunch of uh, people listening to this podcast went to school, no? And there was uh, an experiment... Uh, I don't know, at my school, for instance, uh, everyone stood up and put their hands out um, to determine um, how uh, far one can see, you know, the, the angle of sight, basically. Right. So it's a common fact that people assigned female at birth see um, the angle of sight is further basically like you i'm trying to explain physics here and and i'm autistic it's hard <laughs> and i'm just a dumbass so you know yeah so people assigned female at birth see uh, a wider angle yeah that's why it makes them better drone pilots this is this is the point i'm trying to <laughs> yeah <laughs> to preach <laughs> <laughs> i get it and it is fucking true because i mean the sneakier you are as a fucking cat the longer you survive as a drone pilot because a lot of times you just have to work fast uh, move, <laughs> move fast. Uh, be quiet, and uh, walk like a cat. Literally, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Who is better at that than people that have to do it on a regular fucking basis? Do people in uh, do people in you know your unit in the ninety third motor rifle? I mean, do they? I know you don't go out and broadcast it, but they have to see some of the stuff you put out. You know, like on social media, like, do people know that you, you know, are, you would consider yourself non-binary? Do people know that you consider yourself an anarchist? 
Yeah, some of the people that uh, I'm close with and some of the people in the commander, commanding, uh, on commanding positions on the unit know. And um, I don't know, it uh, doesn't make a difference for them. Yeah, because of what you talked about earlier, where it just, you know, in a situation where it's a life and death struggle, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't really matter, and it's also uh, adds motivation. I mean, also for the uh, for the background the story, kinda like uh, I just uh, discovered uh, before uh, being in active service that uh, first of all, my grandparents from the Ukrainian side were partisans one of my <laughs> grandmothers died from holodomor consequences and uh, others from the german side i'm uh, like uh, less than a half german uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they basically were sent to siberia for uh, being german by stalin <laughs> so the, the picture is the following uh, Soviet Union machine just fucking killed them all or tried to kill them all and did not success and here I am fighting the descendants of the Soviets in Donbass yeah I mean that's a good I mean, word that's a good there word, is nothing uh... better than that one cannot uh, imagine a better better destiny than this because, well, they just, I mean, Russians do be just, you know, praising the Second World War as if they did it. Yeah, the I mean... And statistics speak against them because, well, which army was entering Berlin? Uh, that would be the first Ukrainian front first Ukrainian and the first Belarusian. Yes. Was it Russians? No fucking way. Russia did not suffer that much from the Second World War, to be honest. Not as much as Belarus, Ukraine, Azerbaijan. It's, it, is, it is very weird, right, when you see the sort of uh, victory cult um, in Russia nowadays. I mean, it's just, it was just victory day, right, in, uh, mm -hmm. in Russia. And they, they trot out, you know, the, you know, the flag that they raised over the Reichstag and all that stuff to justify the invasion of Ukraine. And it's it's very surreal. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah, it is really fucked up. And uh, this whole idea of uh, their victory and their holy war against uh, now also Nazis in Ukraine is complete fucking bullshit and uh, just a fake idea to, to wash it somehow, to make it real. Because uh, they don't really need it. All they want is to fucking <laughs> come and destroy everything and take what's not theirs. That's what they did in Donetsk and Lugansk uh, regions. That's what they did with Crimea. They just came and started putting people in prisons and started taking their their homes, basically. Buying, taking by force, just, uh, yeah, there was this uh, amazing interview actually by one of the Mariupol defenders uh, that was uh, uh, surviving in occupied Mariupol alone for a bunch of time, like six months or something, and he said that his neighbors were the ones that gave him out to the Russian military his neighbors that he lived Jesus. basically in the same block for years. They came and they said, this one, this one is a Nazi. Spoiler, he was not a Nazi. But <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and then on his eyes, this same neighbor took all this stu his stuff, his Xbox, his TV, while he was beaten by... Russian army people 
This, this is the whole Russian culture, you know? This whole idea is just, I come and pay, I take what's not mine, and then you die and rot in a cell. Well, yeah, because We shoot you, you in the head, the, the pants. Because it's interesting, right? Because the Soviet Union is dead and gone, but what does what does survive from that era, tradition. right? The, imperial, the, the tradition of imperialism, yeah. tradition of state power and authoritarianism, um, iridentist, iridentist you fantasies. Know? Yeah, and what they also try to, you know, um, it's funny uh, to, uh, because I think about it a lot, because it also, well, um, entertains me kind of, that I am basically the NATO instructor they are talking about on the TV because I <laughs> came from the fucking Germany. Uh, what a little small faggot. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, uh, trying to, I don't know, scare their children and turn them gay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Sorry, <laughs> that's not uh, entirely correct, but yeah, LGBT instructor from NATO, it is, I guess. It's like that, it's like that meme, you know, the they-them army that you see on the internet. Yes, <laughs> they-them army, uh, they-them uh, uh, pilot. Yeah, just for all of you out there who are listening, you know, when they talk about NATO's they-them army, it is Kafa. It is 100%, 100% confirmed. One hundred percent menace. <laughs> but you, you said earlier that you had uh, that you you know you went to Bakhmut in January, and we're recording this. I don't know when it's going to come out, but we're recording this soon after it was announced that Bakhmut had uh, fallen. Um, are you willing to talk about your experience in the battle? I mean, it's a constant. Uh, it was a constant fucking. Struggle, and it was basically a video game. I don't know what else to say. It was real, but it was not at the same time. And uh, everyone who was in Bakhmut were just uh, fighting their asses off. Each and every person that took part in the Battle of Bakhmut is a hero. That's... <laughs> That's as much as I can say. I lost a bunch of my friends there. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm not going to remember and I'm not going to forgive until the day I die. So you're back at base right now. Um, are you uh, Are you with your unit? Or, or, uh, I mean, I know you, if you can say, are you all headed back out? Not. Um, it's a um, complicated question because the unit that I was serving together with in Bakhmut uh, is in a different place now and uh, because I got uh, a TBI and uh, ended up in a hospital a couple of uh, weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Uh, just real quick, TBI uh, is traumatic brain injury for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> loud explosion, boom, you get uh, a bit crazier than you were before. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really like talking about it because all the languages that I know just mixed up in my head and then I had to put them back together oh, uh, like a puzzle. Yeah, so it's uh, different because now I am basically uh, recovering after the hospital leave uh, and uh, uh, getting ready probably for another another ride uh, to infantry which i uh, greatly enjoy well i'm glad to hear i'm glad to hear that you like being a soldier that's awesome yeah i actually fucking love it like uh, first of all you get to wear uh, an amazingly neat mm14 ukrainian pixel uniform oh it's which a is hot as hell and <laughs> uh, yeah you get to I mean, I get to <laughs> do what I like best and what is my special interest. Killing Russians, listening to birds, listening to explosions, and uh, having fun. <laughs> I, I mean, me and the people I was serving with were just riding around, listening to funk and uh, 
doing American essence. Wait, so when you say listening to funk, you do you mean P H O N K funk or Correct. Oh shit. That's my favorite genre. That's my favorite genre of music right now. I've got a three hour funk playlist. Great. Uh, share it. I also I mean I have just this uh, a playlist of mine that I listen on repeat a lot. <laughs> it consists of funk and also sped up versions of uh, popular classics like ABBA uh, or um, Depeche Mode or whatever. And uh, I just fucking love it. Like uh, it, it adds uh, the uh, video game flair to it. Um, it just makes and, everything that you do when you listen to funk, if the funk music is playing, it makes it sound like badass. Like, yeah, yeah, it really yeah. does. It, it, um, yeah, yeah, and it, it adds the main character vibe, you know, because in the movie that my brain plays to me, I am the main <laughs> character, so I don't know. Well, I would you'd be the main character of your own movie, jeez. <laughs> Yeah. So who is your who is your who is your favorite funk artist right now? I can name you tracks. I don't know artists. Um, I cannot just. It's just they are there. And all like, the artists like there's all these like X's and stuff like in the names. Yeah, so I'm yeah, like, yeah, How do you I pronounce am, this? Yeah, like X X X whatever. Elon Musk child. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that you've been outspoken of uh, for, and and by the way, you're not you're not the only one. This is a very common position among anyone on the left in Ukraine, not just anarchists. I mean, I think uh, about T- Taras Belus Belaus. I don't know how to pronounce it in Sostyani uh, Ruk, who talks about this a lot, which is being in favor of Western countries delivering arms to Ukraine. And although mm-hmm. this is the overwhelmingly prevailing position among you know anarchists and anti-authoritarians in Ukraine. It is it is controversial in places like the United States. You know, what would you have to say to that? Oh, I mean, I'm honestly a bit uh, tired of um, it being controversial because I myself don't see no controversy in it. Why, one may ask. Because uh, a country that is being attacked by a much bigger enemy uh has to be supported how the government of united states of america uh, or any other government or any other so-called nation living in a country can support said country ukraine many ways including sending arms U.S. is sending arms, Germany, Estonia, Poland. Uh, it's not enough, and it's never going to be enough, because Russia has a bunch of fucking tanks, for real. There are so many. There are so many, and a tank, I mean, a lot of vehicles, obviously, but let's um, talk about heavy machinery uh, tanks. And uh, it is crucial for us as a as an army to win because otherwise the border gonna be i mean i don't know half of poland maybe and then everyone's gonna be fucked as hell i mean is the german army for instance ready to fight russia no if i've seen the articles uh, if we're both reading the same articles about the german army the answer to that is absolutely not Absolutely not, because um, what is crucial for an army to be uh, able to fight? Motivation and uh, some spirit, you know, some guts. <laughs> Ukrainians have a lot of a lot of that. <laughs> Everyone's seen it. Uh, not only uh, service uh, people and. Uh, ones in the army, but also civilians. Yeah. Uh, the the key of uh, offense operation have uh, proved it well. So weapons are important because war is also won not only by people, also with weapons. Um, what I can say also um, 
not just tanks are super, super important, not just heavy uh, machinery like that, artillery, but also reconnaissance. Oh yeah, everyone reconnaissance wants DJI Radio reconnaissance machines. Russia has, uh, I mean, an enmo- enormous amount. They were ready for the war and they were preparing a lot of, uh, I mean, my now my English starts getting crustier because <laughs> I don't just know how to say that in Ukrainian it's professional kind of language, like radars, different kind of uh, expensive reconnaissance machinery that uh, can have enormous impact on the battleground. And this is specific shit that very little people know of. And <laughs> that's why it's also important to go out in the streets and ask for weapons because maybe some governor or senator or whoever will think, mm, yeah, maybe they'll need this or that or planes. Uh, aviation is crucial. Aviation is covering our fucking bags when we're out there. And if they, if they are not, I mean, bags covered, then people die and that's it. And they remain there forever. Yeah, I mean, it, with the arms thing, it's like, you know, say I get sick, right? And like, yeah, big, big pharma sucks, right? But if I'm sick, I'm not going to be like, well, I'm not going to take the medicine because big pharma can fuck off, right? Like, no, I'm, I'm just going to take the medicine, right? Like, it, it's very it's very strange to me when people here in the United States say, oh, you know, we shouldn't give any arms because general dynamics will profit. I'm like, okay, so what? They yeah, need, they're they, going to profit. They need the guns, though. I don't they're know what to tell you. you know? Anyway. Yeah. I don't, know, I, I don't know what to tell you. They need the guns. Like, what, what do you want us to, you know, what do you want them to do? So... Yeah, let us have all the M16s, M- M4A. M4A, is that the right name of the gun that they were using and you were using, sorry, in Vietnam? <laughs> we want it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've Can seen... Have it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the uh, M4. I mean, I'm running around with an AK and an IK is slay, obviously, but <laughs> I would also very much appreciate... <laughs> Something more slay, to be honest. <laughs> the, the other day I was uh, posting on Twitter something like, uh, I really want a Galil. Can I please have a Galil without serving? Israeli armed forces, bitter? And the answer was no, I cannot. <laughs> so do I have to make it myself? I mean, I'm not a mathematician, unfortunately. So... But it, it is, it is um, I mean, we've seen pictures nowadays of, of, you know, people in Ukraine getting, you know, like the stuff that civilians here, like, could only dream of, right? Not just, the, not just like the M4 carbines and whatnot, but also like really like Alcan Spectre optics, like that kind of stuff. So pretty cool to see that. Yeah, the optics uh, are all very, very expensive and hard to hard to get, but it's also slight. Uh, can we have a five minute break? Yeah, sure. I'll call you back. Thank yeah, call you. me back. All right, uh, we're back on. So, Kafa, before we go on, is there anyone you'd like to uh, you know shout out or, or, or mention who you serve with uh, in your, at your time uh, in Backmate? Yeah, for sure. Um, Special thanks to uh, commanders and the soldiers of the unit Seneca uh, that uh, we were <laughs> fighting together in there. And uh, each and every person um, that ever helped me on my way, starting with <laughs> People that just gave us a little bit of water to drink on the road or uh, brought coffee powder in the middle of the night, you know, when you knock knock on the on the door, like crazy kind of request, I know, but they they did it. And yeah, to people that uh, just made it possible. The ones uh, fueling cars, working on their daily jobs uh, out there on the um, occupied now, <laughs> on the near to front territories, uh, and just uh, 
living there also that just stand for their land and uh, keep being uh, stubborn also to the pe- uh, special thanks to the people that continue fighting and uh, rest in power to every fallen friend that paid with their life for us to live and for us to continue fighting. My knees fucking hurt. It's hellish. But, uh, <laughs> I know we keep coming back to this, but that's uh, that's the life. No, of, the life of the infantry. It's, it's now. It's gonna be with me forever. You know. Yeah. They, um, oh uh, yeah. To um, make the uh, story a bit brighter and or at the same time a bit sadder, I can tell you about uh, why the unit was called this way. So Seneca. He's not only an ancient philosopher, but also a, a co-sign of uh, a friend of my friends. We never got to meet in real life because uh, he was killed by Russians as a part of uh, 9-3. Uh, he was also an activist. Uh, and uh, uh, he believed in, <laughs> I don't know, he was uh, protecting nature. He was uh, fighting for a place in Kiev called Protasiv Yar for it not to get uh, uh, built and uh, just washed in concrete. And uh, he was a sweetheart and his ideas live on and the people that he served with continue fighting uh, his example um, inspired me well one of many of course uh, inspired me to come and fight there's also Stasik uh, Stasik is a friend and Stasik is alive uh, she is a, a combat medic um, and she's a volunteer and a veteran. And uh, every time that it gets a bit harsh and a bit too much, I think, what would Stasik do? Uh, would Stasik just sit there and uh, retrieve or stop fighting? And uh, yeah, then I stand up and I walk a <laughs> bit more, and it's fine. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if the, yeah. if you think of anything else, just inter- if you think of anything else, interrupt me. I mean, I'm just glad that we were able to catch you. Um, you know, uh, on a on a short on a short notice, literally message that, hey, what are you doing today? Uh, I guess I'm doing podcasting. Um, but you know we've been doing we've been doing stuff you know since for a while to help uh, you know anarchists and anti-authoritarians in Ukraine and what is the best way you know for people in the USA to uh, you know support you and people like you uh, send cash <laughs> uh, go out on the street and ask your government to stop playing mind games and uh, send us more weapons, please. Also, an um, interrupting joke. Hello, Biden, it's Kafa. We need uh, 5 million rockets to bomb Crimean children. Uh, It's a joke. Uh, uh, Yeah, and uh, when you are ready, everyone who's listening to this podcast, Come here and serve in Ukrainian army if you feel like you belong. If I can, little small 55 kilogram weight young person, then you probably can also. Get your shit together, get a visa, and come join the army. Because, I mean, it's fun. And it's also a great honor to fight the biggest war of the century.
I mean, frankly, you know, you may say you're only 55 kilograms, but uh, this is one of those situations where you say in English, you know, where like, you know, the expression is you punch above your weight. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I bite. I fight dirty. <laughs> so. I mean, is there anything else you want to say before uh, I ask you to just share how people can find you? Um, what else I want to say? Um, it's, all up to, it's all up to you. This is for you. This best is... regards to my mom and my dad uh, for raising me a crazy little bitch I am. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yes. So uh, with that, uh, before we go, uh, Kafa, just big thanks for being on, uh, for coming on with us. I'm just so happy we got to talk to you and continue to talk to you. And um, just uh, where can people, uh, where can people find you on uh, social media? Um, so it is uh, Instagram, Poly Psycho. Uh, it is it down at Poly Sorry, yeah, yeah I at something P O L Y P S Y like in polyamory or polylingual psycho as in psycho and then an underscore <laughs> at the end. Correct. You on Twitter or anywhere else? Uh, TikTok, of course. Oh, naturally, naturally. I mean, I got called a uh, TikTok warrior so many times, so now it's a, a self reclaiming, you know, term. To cite a classic, <laughs> also using the word faggot, I'm sorry. He called me a faggot, I call him an ambulance. <laughs> and that's your TikTok name? No, that's just a, a pretty Pinterest picture. <laughs> so are you also Polly Psycho on uh, TikTok? Yes, correct. Awesome. Well, that's going to make me get, uh, I'll probably end up getting a TikTok account after this so I can, you know, I mean... It's all it's all of you it's all of you zoomers over there. It's the zoomer yeah, they them zoomers, army. Zoomers are slay. It's it's the zoomer tick it's the zoomer they them army on TikTok that is that is fighting Definitely the war. Definitely it is yes. And fucking shit up. I I and you'll love to see it. So with that Kafa Also um, um side note, I'm sorry, I remembered. If anyone is, that is listening to this podcast is willing, please send me a book about birds in your native language awesome <laughs> I, yeah i'm an experienced bird watcher and i would fucking love it uh yeah actually i'll see if i can i'll see if i can grab one from where i'm from too but yeah anyone anyone out there hit up uh kafa on social medias uh send them a book it would be it would be awesome it would be awesome yeah and with that kafa thanks for being on with us um, Thank Danke, you for you. being here. Um, cool. All right. Well, best of luck, and I uh, hope to talk to you soon. Take care. You too, Slay. Oh.